All right, everybody. We have the all-decade team. This should be interesting. Enjoy. Hello, service. Good side. Welcome back to the podcast. He is a bird. I am your host, Sean Shelton. And today we are going to talk about the AFL All-Decade Team. Now, if you haven't been following it on my, predominantly my Facebook, um, I posted a list of automatic qualifiers, uh, which was anybody who won from 2010 to 2019, won an MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. And then asked for nominations. I also asked for nominations on my Instagram. I had a bunch of, of answers and nominations and people engagement. People responded very well to it. Uh, most of which was positive, not always. Some people have a tough time reading. Um, but it was, it was very, very good for the most part. And, um, and so then recently I posted the, the, the voting and also had great results, 377 voters, which I think is great. I think is great. And from the 377 votes, I have compiled the all-decade team. Now, a couple of things before we get started. Uh, this is 100% opinion-based from fans, all right? I have not touched the results. I have only organized them. Uh, I will be telling you my personal opinion as we go through them. There's a couple of things that I disagree with a little bit but on most of the part I think everybody who was deserving to make the team made the team in one way or another the way I've organized it I've organized it on a first team and a second team basis because um, some positions are really deep like receiver and linebacker and really DB actually uh, anti line it, most positions are pretty deep uh, so it's been a first first team a second team and then any person who got over 60 votes and was the next tier in the voting group also got an honorable mention uh, which I'll explain and go through later but for the most part most position groups don't have honorable mentions it's mainly just a first group and a second group okay uh, after looking at the reverse my the results my first initial reaction is it is very Vikings slash Raiders heavy which makes sense in, in a, a couple ways the, they have the biggest social media presence and following and uh, fan bases. Um, and it's also that they are the historically throughout the decade were the two best teams. But there are a couple players from other teams that I thought should have probably had more votes or been more recognized, and I will talk about them as well. Um, it is a bit of a popularity contest at times. I think some people that are very popular probably got more votes than maybe they should have and vice versa. Um, and I think there was a little bit of a recency bias. Obviously, I came into the, NF or the NFL, I wish, the AFL in uh, 2015, so I didn't catch the first five years. And it seems like a lot of these players are second-half players, so there is some recency bias. And maybe somebody who was really good in 2012 didn't get the recognition that somebody who was really good in 2017 got. So keep those things in mind as I go through them. I'm going to go through position by position and just kind of tell you the, the teams, the voting results, and then kind of give my 
outlook on it. So without further ado, we're going to start with quarterbacks just to get it out of the way as well. But it will, I'll go offense through the offense and then into the defense. But I want to start with quarterbacks to get it out of the way. Um, so with quarterbacks, the first team quarterback was me with 224 votes. I think that's a longevity thing. I played for five seasons and been successful. Uh, and then the other two guys that I think should have been on the team uh, also made the team. So the second team was Chris Gross with 163 votes. And honorable mention was Kyle Newhall Caballero with 108 votes. Now, I have said, even on this podcast before, I've been asked the question, who's the best quarterback you played against in your time in Europe? And the question, or the answer is Kyle Newhall Caballero. So even though he's honorable mention here, uh, from a from an arm talent standpoint and from a pro style quarterback, uh, he very easily could be number one, and I would have no problem with that. That dude is an absolute baller, and but you could also argue why he's not because Chris was also very very productive, more productive than I actually thought. You know, I sat through Chris Kaleke's, um uh, presentation of of basically developing an Austrian quarterback and presentation of Chris's story and uh 2012 2013 that dude was ultra productive and deservedly so won an offensive player of the year and an mvp and i've had a lot of success the difference between chris me and kyle is is just championships kyle never never even was able to get to the afl championship much less win it so that could be a knock on him but from a talent standpoint i'm glad he made the team and he could be anywhere on the list um Moving on to running backs, um, number one is Sandro Platzkammer, who received the most votes out of anybody in any position on this on this list. Uh, first, there's two first team running backs and two second team running backs. The first two are the first team running backs are Sandro Platzkammer at 236 and Andreas Hofbauer with 156. Um, it's it's surprise. There's a couple positions on here where you could tell that certain clubs, particularly the Raiders or the Vikings, really produce them at a high level. Uh, and just the Raiders produce running backs. And in saying that, the second team is Florian Grein, who is a Raider-produced running back uh, with 128 votes. And the, the fourth or the second second team running back is Jesse Lewis, uh, an import for the Vikings with 83 votes. Uh, so a very strong, it's always been something the Raiders have produced. And now that Sandri, San, Sandro probably won't be with us, uh, well, won't be with us for sure, uh, Tobias Bonatti will step up and then we have young guys under him. So it's just a position of strength for the Raiders and it's, it's, it's indicated here. A couple guys that didn't make the team that I thought is worth noting, uh, Gerbert Hamboa, Gerbert Hamboa, I always do that. Herbert Gamboa, I'm sorry, Herbert. Um, he only had 59 votes, but he had a phenomenal season last year, and I'm pretty sure rushed for 2,000 yards. And Anton Vagan uh, with 55 votes, again, didn't quite make the honorable mention, but worth mentioning, uh, he's been a very solid running back in the AFL for, for years. Um, so moving on to receiver, first-team receivers. There's four first-team and four second-team. The first-team receivers are Lorraine Walsh with 167, Bernhard Sykovic, 158, Pat Donahue, 113, and Dario Dobolevsky, I'm sorry if I've mispronounced that, Dario, uh, with 109. The second team is Clemens Ellsbacher with 104, Thomas Haider with 100, Jan Dundacek with 97, 
and Adrian Platzkammer with 85. Now, I think, I think this is where you can start arguing about where people should be or maybe the amount of votes that they get. First of all, Pat Donahue should be up there with Bernhard and Lourinho, in my opinion. They're all excellent football players, but if I had to pick one of the three, I'm picking Pat. Yes, I am biased, but Pat is also an alien. Um, you know, he can do things on the football field that other people just can't do. Uh, but he can do everything really, really well. So from a total package receiver, run after the catch, route running, explosiveness, being able to high point a ball. I mean, he's the guy that can push down the field and high point a ball. He's a guy who can outrun somebody and catch it over his shoulder. And he's a guy that you can throw a screen to and he takes it all the way. And he can play inside and out, uh, although he's significantly better at the outside. But uh, he probably should have been up there closer in votes, in my opinion. Uh, not taking it away from the first guys, but that was that was eye-opening for me. And then secondly, with Dario, um, I think Dario probably should have been more in the second team. Um, he he had really one really good year of work uh, in the AFL. He only played in my I, as far as I know, if he's only played one year in the AFL, because I think after the Rangers year, he played in Germany for a little while. Um, and it was a good year, but all these guys on the second team had good years and multiple good years. Uh, Dundacek also had a offensive MVP or offensive player of the year, but did it had multiple, multiple productive seasons. So that one, I think that one's a scenario where, you know, Dar is a popular player and should be, but there's some, especially the, the, the foreign teams had a tough time in this voting because Dundacek is an absolute beast. Elsbach is a beast. Haider, from everything I've been told, is a beast. And Adrian, from a slot receiver, I would rather have Adrian from an all-around slot receiver than a Dario. And those are the two only two slot receivers on the list. Uh, so maybe I could have structured do slot receivers and outside receivers, but that's okay. We'll talk about that more when it's specific positions like O-line and uh, defensive backs. But that was the only note that I had. Uh, a couple things. One person that's not on the list that I think absolutely should be, I don't know who you would take off personally, but Tom Siff from the Silverhawks was an absolute beast. I mean, he led, he was the offensive player of the year once, but also led the league in receiving a couple. But he put together a two, three year stretch that he was unstoppable. I mean, he was really unstoppable against, he did it against us, he did it against the Vikings, he did it against everybody. And so for him not to be on the list, I think is is uh, alarming and the how few votes he got. I think he got 56. Um, that kind of shows that, you know, they don't really have a fan base and they're not really welcome, but anybody who played, I think 2016, 2017, I look forward to playing the Silverhawks just to see him play because he was, he made some catches that were unbelievable against us and super productive, always super productive. And then the last note I had from receivers, it was brought to my attention that Armando Ponce de Leon from the Giants, again, uh, talking about slot receivers, not really represented on the list. He, he was also extremely productive, but he productive and a really smooth route runner and a very, very talented receiver, soft hands. But he wasn't nominated enough to be on the list. He uh, was only nominated once or twice, which was surprising to me and some other people. Uh, but he definitely should have been a nominee. And lastly, to wrap up the receivers, 
Philip Howland and Philip Summer both should have got, in my opinion, more votes. They've both been very productive in the AFL for multiple years. But I think they're a product of a very, very deep receiver class. And But also want to mention them because they are both very talented football players. Now quickly going to athletes. I put athletes in here because there's a couple players that really didn't, a, a certain position didn't define how they played or they played multiple positions. So that's why the athlete section was created. And in saying that, um, Talib Wise was the first team athlete with 174 votes. Kyle Callahan was the second team athlete with 141 votes. And two honorable mentions were Andrew Spencer from the Vikings and Alex Gross from the Giants. I think this one's pretty straightforward. Um, I was a little bit surprised Alex Gross didn't get more votes, seeing that he was so dominant in 2012, uh, being the MVP and defensive MVP. But that might be, again, um, a popularity thing. But Tlaib and Kyle and Andrew, they're all they're all super deserving Uh I think Talib and Kyle just had the longevity. Obviously, they were both extremely productive, and they both ran it in a, a very dominant offense for multiple years, uh, Talib being receiver and running back and Kyle being quarterback, and then Kyle transitioning to receiver in the mid-2010s and being able to be productive at receiver. It makes sense. Um, just Alex was a bit, of a, a bit of a surprise coming in at 93 votes. And I'll be very happy to post this list in a few days to Facebook and show that Talib was first team athlete so I can get his entire fan club off my back. <laughs> Talib is the man. Everybody knows he's the man. And let's move on. Tight ends were pretty clear cut on the list. There wasn't that many options. Not that many people use tight ends anymore. More spread offenses in the AFL. But first team tight end was Manuel Tala from the Vikings. And second, second team tight end was Andreas Prola from the Raiders. Uh, Tyler had 197 votes and Prola had 153. Carrying on to offensive line, the first team offensive line was led by Michael Habertin with 232 votes. That was second most behind Sandro Platzkammer. Also on the first team was Valentin Gruber at 147, Alexander Milanovic at 135, Martin Namath at 124, and Thomas Tipple with 115. Four Vikings in the first team. The second team was Sebastian Shaw, 95 votes. Uh, Christoph Kippeler, uh, 91 votes. Michael Preibel, 60 votes. Dominic Bauer, 56 votes. And Daniel Funkhauser, 44. So it got kind of low towards the end. But uh, I think all of these guys are deserving to be in. It's tough to do this with, a, with voting in regards to the offensive line because you just have some people that maybe some people don't know about. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like the the... The guys who received the bottom two votes for the second team, Dominic Bauer and Daniel Funkhauser, both are really, really talented offensive linemen and uh, very much deserving to be on, the, be on the team, even though their votes aren't as high as maybe the other guys. And I just want to have a, a couple comments before we move on to defensive line. Mikael Habitin, I was very happy to see getting so many votes because he's the best football player I've ever played with. And Sebastian Shaw is an absolute beast. Moving on to the defensive line, the defense, I didn't take positions into account, just like the offensive line. We didn't go tackle guard center. We don't go defensive end, nose guard, three tech, whatever. It's just the top, we're going to do three votes. So this all decade team defense is going to run a 30 front. Okay. So that stuff might come into criticism, but I really don't care. I thought it was the best way to do it. Um, if you don't agree, do your own list. Don't care. Okay. First team defensive line. Uh, the first team defensive line was led by Alex Tahiri. He had 166 votes. 
followed by Florian Grunsteidel, 141 votes, followed by Leon Balag, 138 votes. So from the first team linemen, out of the eight possible, seven are Vikings. Not so bad. Not so bad. Second team defensive line is led by Mario Renner with 131 votes. Bernhard Moser by 100 votes with 100 votes. And Jermaine Gwynn or Guyanen with 76 votes. So second team, you have two Raiders and one Dragon. Now, this is an example where I think being not a Raider or not a Viking hurts you. Bernhard Moser is an absolute beast. He's the type of defensive tackle that you have to game plan for and can single-handedly ruin a play or a drive or a game plan. And so to see him only have 100 votes um, was probably, uh, is, is going back to kind of a popularity thing. I think nobody really knows of him unless you play, particularly if you're offensive lineman in the AFL. But the guy's an absolute animal, and I don't know who I would take out of this top three to put Moser in because all three of those guys are very deserving as well. Uh, but when you're looking at vote counts, it should be much equal. He's in that realm and was more deserving than 100 votes, particularly because he played multiple. I think he's played every year that I've been in the AFL, so at least five years in the decade. Uh, where would you go with Mario Renner, who has 131? He was supremely talented for the Raiders, but I think he only played one year in the 2010s. So that's just people know the name and they're gonna vote for him. Uh, with, in Bernhardt's case, he's not as popular maybe. And Jermaine probably should have got more than 76 votes. I think he played two seasons, uh, but he was, he was pretty dominant during that time and uh, probably could have been closer to 100 votes as well. But Bernhardt, I think, I think should have been talked about because he, he is a dominant, dominant football player. And then to talk about the first team defensive line, all three of these guys are super deserving. And they all, I've played against all three of them at the same time, which is never fun. Um, but they were kind of the anchor of the Vikings defense for a long time and uh, very deserving to be first team. A couple guys who just quite didn't have the vote to make the list are honorable mention were Daniel Shona and Nico Melcha, who are both really good football players, especially Nico's coming into his prime as well. He just started playing defensive end two years ago. But the guy that I thought should have received way more votes is Jan Simonek. I hope I pronounced that right, but it was number five for the Black Panthers, and he's been their defensive end since I've been a Raider and even before. And this dude is a great pass rusher. He is a really, really good pass rusher. And uh, guy gave Habitin some trouble uh, in some games, and it's just, again, when you have a defensive lineman that you have to game plan for, that says something. He's a guy that we always game plan for and always was in, in third and long or passing situations, was always a risk to, to get pressure and even sack. So uh, he only got 30 votes, and I think that's more so, 34 votes, excuse me, and I think that's more so of it being a foreign team and not as strong falling in my social media or whatever the case may be. But a guy that I definitely think was deserving for, for more of a consideration for votes because uh, just a really, really solid football player. So going to linebackers, like I said, we're a 30-front team defense, so that means we're going to have four linebackers. We're going to have four first team, four second team. This one was tough. The top six linebackers, I think, are really, really good and probably all could have been first team. Uh, but 
not the way it works. So leading all votes with linebackers was Dustin Leshko with 180 votes. Second was Philip Margreiter, right behind him with 172. Third was Simon Blach with 160. And fourth was Thomas Schnurr with 152. That is a pretty solid group of four linebackers um, from three different clubs, too, which is great. Um, Oleshko is an absolute animal. Uh, when he played for the Vikings, um, when I was playing for the Raiders in the AFL, he wasn't at full strength. He was nursing a couple injuries, but I got the full strength, Dustin, at least I think, uh, in Helsinki, and uh, the dude was all over the place. And he just, he always gets you down somehow. Um, it's annoying. He just was there all the time. Uh, and then I got to watch my, Philip, Philip Flipper play for, for five years. Flipper is Philip Margreta. Um, I'm very happy I didn't have to play against him. And then with Blach and Schnorr, I mean, Blach was a phenomenal pass rusher, the best, the best stand-up linebacker pass rusher that I placed, played against in the AFL. And then Schnorr, is, you can say the same things about Schnorr that, you, that I had said about Alesko. He's just kind of always there, and he can play sideline to sideline. And that's why he has four defensive MVPs or four defensive players a year. The second team was led by Fabian Sable with 124 votes, Florian Huerta with 86 votes, Paul Werner with 65 votes, and Jakob Baran, I hope I pronounced that name, Baran, Baran, with 60 votes. Um, Jakob, I, I don't know that well, and I, I, don't, know, I don't know how he played, but um, Fabian Sable, Florian Huerta, for sure probably could be in the first team, uh, just talent-wise, you know, f by the time I got to the Raiders, Flo was, uh, Florian Hurta was past his prime, but I got to watch him play in, the, in 12, 13, 14, and the, I know I say this a lot, beast or animal, but it's true. And uh, Sable was in his prime in the half, last half of the, um, the 2010s and really was kind of an anchor for the defense along with uh, Seaman Riedel, who wasn't, wasn't able to get the votes to make the list, but also a great football player. Unfortunately, had two season injuries in the last four years, which is not not great. And then Paul Vanna was really, really solid playing across from um, um, Blach in the early part of the 2010s, you know, with the 30 front. And he was the Sam coming off the strong side. I mean, um, the Vikings defense there was uh, very impressive. And I think I missed the heart of it. And maybe 13 and 14, but uh, 15, 16, 17, I mean, always really, really good. And you see it on this list. And you'll continue to see it as we move to defensive backs. Speaking of which, leading the defensive backs in votes uh, for the first team is Benjamin Bubik. Uh, Benji had 160 votes, followed by Vincent Mueller with 144 votes, followed by John Clemens with 101 vote followed by Marcus Klauser with 98 votes. So that's pretty interesting that three of the four uh, first-team DBs are actually Raiders as opposed to Vikings. But in saying that, the next two votes, uh, vote receivers, top vote receivers for the second team was Louis Hovart with 97, Andreas Lunza with 96, and then again a Raider, Alex Achammer with 87, and Matthias Liebel with 83. So only one person not a Viking or Raider and then also we had an honorable mention 
with Christoph Prometzer, uh, a Graz giant, with 68 votes. This was an extremely close race. Obviously, you have Benji and Vincent kind of taking the lead with amount of votes, which I agree with both. Um, and then, and then you had four or five really, really close together, six actually, with uh, with John Clements Krause, Hovart, Lunza, Akamaribo, and I think all of them, all of them are in a similar tier. Uh, John Clements is is outside their tier because he's probably the he's probably the best defensive player I've seen. I actually played with him at the Roosters, but. I mean, he's just in a different tier than these guys, understandably. Uh, but he, he played two years for the Raiders, so in the context of the AFL All-Star, All-Decade all, all team, I can understand it. Krauser was a staple for the Raiders' defense for a long time. Louis Halvard is the same for the Vikings now, especially in the backfield. Uh, and he's kind of the do-it-all guy and an extremely, extremely solid football player in everything that he does. And then you have kind of the two cover corners in Lunza and Akama. Um, you know, I think I only played one year against Lunza. He got hurt and then uh, ended up stopped playing. But, you know, back in the, when I was saying the prime of the Vikings defense, the 13 14, um, between him and Bubik, that's a crazy corner combination. And Lunza was really, really good. Uh, I remember seeing it on film. And then Akama probably had the best single season I've ever seen a DB have in the AFL since I've been in the AFL. And I believe it was 2015. Uh, I think I could be wrong, but I think he had double-digit picks in the AFL season, so in 10 games. Um, or at least he was up there and, and very deserving of his defensive MVP, and he was dominant that season. And then Lebo is, you know, again, it's a popularity thing, and, and you know, with the Dragons, he's, he's, their, he's their centerpiece of their backfield and is extremely talented and maybe... Deserved also more votes. Um, so it's hard to argue with any of these guys. You could probably argue the order. And just like with most of the positions, you could probably argue the order. Uh, but I think the guys outside of a couple, the guys who should have been on the team are on the team in some fashion. And um, I think it's I think it's really good. I think it I think for the most part it's it's pretty accurate. Again. Uh, maybe some discussions. No, for sure. Uh, let's be honest. A hundred percent. There will be discussions about people's places and everything, uh, especially within the team, within the second, first team honorable mention, whatever the case may be. But uh, I'm pretty happy with it. I really, I really appreciate uh, your guys' help with this because obviously I could not do it myself. Um, and nor would I. I think other people's attention, uh, other people's opinions, and always seeing how other people uh, view the AFL and the players within the AFL is also important. Because if I did it by myself or anybody did it by themselves, there's going to be a ton of bias. So this is kind of an unbiased way to do it. Like I said, I think the other clubs could have been represented better. A couple of those really good players like Bernhard Moser could have received more votes, or some of the foreign players like Dundacek or Simonek uh, or Simonek. Um, for the Black Panthers or Thompson for Silverhawks. Um, but all in all, I think it's a pretty accurate list, in my opinion, minus a few things. Um, 
But I, what, what I plan to do is um, probably on Thursday, let this podcast sit for a couple of days and then post the, a graphic similar to what I did for the automatic qualifiers on Facebook and then kind of let the games begin. I know, I know this list uh, is going to upset some people or people are going to feel slighted or whatever the case may be. And partly, and that's part of the reason why I just did it as a fan vote, because I don't want people to think that my opinion of people are lesser or more than they should be. Um, even though I, I think it's funny when, uh, when I do get criticized for that stuff that doesn't bother me. But, uh, I think it's more for me, the accuracy issue. I didn't feel like I could put together an accurate list, but, um, if you do agree with the list, I want to hear about it. When I post on Facebook, be ready to tell me about it or message me privately. If you strongly disagree with something, don't message me or you could just depends how you do it. But Start a discussion on the Facebook because maybe of the 377 people, there wasn't enough people who voted from from other parts of Europe or other parts of Austria outside of Innsbruck and Vienna. Um, or just tell me what you think. So that's my plan with this team moving forward. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you guys either privately or on Facebook. I hope you guys enjoyed this little project. I think we should do it on a yearly basis with all-star teams too. There's never... As long as it stays positive, there's never a bad thing to get fan engagement. And maybe it grows it grows the sport a little bit in Austria and exposes people to the list or the all-star teams or whatever the case may be via social media, um, which is never a bad thing, which is never a bad thing. So thank you guys for listening so much. I look forward to hearing from you guys in the future. And until then, stay safe and ciao, cacao. Thank you for listening to the podcast, He Has a Bird, with Sean Shelton. Sean is the best. He is the superstar.